0: They don't matter. I'm just saying it from from polling every single person that I know that it's either circumstance. Po- you're polling everyone you know? I'm polling everybody. polling a lot of people. I'm up. Polling everybody <laughs> that I know. Uh you've
1: never polled me before. Uh, no,
0: well, you know, it's, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm not pulling I'm not pulling that personal way, you know. <laughs> I'm respecting This is smooth, Brian Man. I was listening to this this Lee Cronin chemist dude who's got this whole uh, assembly theory which is kind of like his little personal theory of everything and that the universe is like the fundamental thing is still time uh, and as you extrapolate out from that memory is like the next most important thing so like the universe is just like building on top of this memory so like everything like, this water bottle is the final form of a water bottle taking into account all the memory of the like, whole history of the universe type of thing like, it's built from, like, it's it's a, a super high complexity level object. Like, we don't get to a water bottle without extreme oh, complexity I've, in the universe.
2: Yeah, I like this a lot.
0: Uh, and then it kind of led into, like, is the meaning of the whole universe just to create novelty? Like, is it just a big mm-hmm. novelty machine? And everything it does is to just make more stuff to provide more novelty? Because novelty is kind of it.
1: Is this guy a goblin that likes bits and bobs, dude.
0: <laughs> uh, he's sort of like a real life uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. Okay, but I feel like that's kind of the truth of it. Like it seems like nothing in the universe really has any has much meaning to it, but everything's pretty freaking novel. Like the the uh, the amount of interconnection and intricacy and in everything is kind of off the charts.
2: Evolution inherently seems like it. Accounts for novelty or like It it selects for novelty
0: Yeah and we are the highest form of evolution Theoretically like maybe something in the ocean Is way smarter than we are and we have no fucking clue But we're pretty good at making novel shit Like that's kind of what all we do all day long Is like people are just making things that are little Novelties
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and eventually Those novelties are going to turn into like AI And then they're probably going to make An exponential amount of novelties because they just have All-knowing power.
1: Do you think AI is going to care About novelty
2: though? I think they will That's what I'm always getting after is like, is AI going to go, we need to reset the universe or is AI going to be like, oh, we'll get on some Star Wars shit.
0: Well, I was was like, then this goes into is novelty even pinned down to our dimension that we're in Mm -hmm. or is the is the stuff outside of our universe bubble also just more novel shit. It just happens to be way more novel than what we know about because it's dealing with more dimensions.
2: Well, like this water bottle
0: is infinitely more novel than cells
2: reproducing even though mm-hmm. cells reproducing is like whoa that's seriously gnarly for the cellular mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. it's like the history that goes into a plastic water bottle is yeah crazy like crazy long
0: basically cells reproduced enough to figure out how to make a plastic water bottle
2: yeah all of the memory of the complexity of a cell is in this water bottle mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool in that mm-hmm. sense mm mm-hmm. But yeah, so maybe there's a higher dimension that is finding novelty out of like, well, they needed the water bottle to get water so they could create computers, so the computers can mm-hmm. bring
0: minds to a new level. Yeah, I think it's just more stuff. Mm. But I think eventually it does reset. Like I think this all this still goes back into it where it's like eventually it gets so novel that it's like, okay, there's what else, what else is there to do? Let's just reset it and see what happens because that's a whole nother sect of novelty now. Like we we expand we we filled the band with a novelty. So let's reset get some different laws of physics and make a whole other set of novelty.
1: I just feel like once you break into a different dimension, it's going to be like a different emotion and different feeling. That's like the meta. I don't think yeah. it's going to be novelty like all mm. the way through.
0: Well, that was kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is if, if there is an other dimension, like let's say not a heaven or a thing, but just another experience after this one, like like you didn't know what happened before you were born and mm. you don't know what's going to happen after you die. But theoretically, getting born could have been dying in some other thing. And then you were born into this thing. So us dying could just be getting born into some other experience. Uh, But then I'm like, yeah, do this, do do the cycles that are so fundamental to this universe apply to the other dimensions as well? Like where where is the I feel like we're drawing cycles at the level of fundamental reality, but there's probably a, a whole other level of fundamental reality out like outside of that. But are cycles still involved in that other fundamental reality? Or is that just out the window? It's like, who? what are cycles? Like, that's not even relevant anymore.
1: I like, this might be like a tangent off of that, but I feel like mm-hmm. that gives me the vibe of like a different galaxy is going to have like different laws of physics for some reason. And that might dictate kind of like their like cosmic rules, you know?
0: Yeah, like it's it's far enough separated where you just wouldn't, it's, it could be something completely different. And we just have no way of knowing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... Something as simple as a cycle, it's interesting to be like, is it possible to get outside of that making Mm -hmm. sense anymore? Like, can you get to such a high plane that that isn't what Mm -hmm. fundamentally everything's built out of? Probably. I use mindset as like an example of this, where that's actually a poor example. Uh, (laughs) But okay, before you knew the geography of the world, like when you were like six years old. Mm -hmm. You couldn't explain it to a kid in a way where they would be meaning, they would be able to meaningfully connect different locations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until you can, and then you do. And I feel like this is maybe where it's at, where I'm like, I can't imagine any system that exists where something as simple as a circle doesn't represent time or like meaning.
1: Because we have baby brains compared to like someone on a thinking on a different dimension, I guess. Well,
0: so is that almost the answer in a way where if, if... If the concept seems completely outside of of our cognition and is some much further point down, I don't want to say evolution, but I would imagine existing in a higher dimension is is further down the complexity and novelty scale than we're at right now. Uh, Is it something where it's like, no, those don't apply. Like that cycle doesn't apply to a higher dimension because we can't recognize it at all. Because I feel like when kids can't recognize stuff, then... Like it is the reality that's 20 years down the road for them is something different and completely disconnected than how they thought like it would work. So I'm like, yeah, maybe the d- other dimensional thing as fundamental as cycles are is completely disconnected from, you know, what we can understand and what is going to happen.
1: From what we can understand. Yeah. But like, I feel like once you're thinking on a higher dimension, like the simpler dimension it makes sense. It's like a 2d sort of, I don't know if that's what you're getting at at all, though.
0: I don't know. I feel like breaking cycles makes me think time's going to break down. And that's the part that where I'm like, "Mm." it's like time almost has to break down if there's not going to be cycles.
2: That's what I was going to say is time's Mm -hmm. definitely out the window Mm -hmm. if the fundamental structure is out the window.
0: Because I think structure supersedes time. But yeah, time is just a tough one, though, because to me, I can't imagine time not existing. I definitely lived without time for moments of my life. But then I want to hear about that experience more because in my mind, time may not exist like it exists for us right now, but time is like a philosophical concept where there is motion in in any direction. Like, like time is all like, it's a physical force in our universe in a weird way, but I feel like it as a concept doesn't have to be a physical force, but there's always... I've never experienced it, but it feels like there would always be something happening where there's memory. Like, there would have to be no memory for no time to exist.
2: I think that's the perfect example of, like, you can't understand it until you've done it. And then once you've done it, you're like, I understand it. Because uh-huh. I was at a point where my memory was absolutely obliterated, okay. just gone. So every time something would happen, it was only happening while it was happening. And as soon as it changed, that new thing that was happening was the only thing that had ever happened and ever will happen mm-hmm. until something new happened. But so, I was unaware of the even the
0: change. So is uh, basically the difference between being alive and dead is almost just memory.
2: Yeah, I guess so. And when you realize your memory isn't even that important to how it's like it's not what you you're more than your memory. That's a pretty bananas thing to like mm-hmm. sit with. And the other thing is it feels fucking good. Mm-hmm. When I got my memory back, I was like, Ah, ah get it away! <laughs> dude, I don't want this. <laughs> what the fuck happened? So bad when I got my memory back. <laughs> Dude, even last night I took Nyquil and as I was waking up I was like coming out of the layers of my brain and I was like, "Oh no, put me back, dude. I don't <laughs> want to be like I do not want to go to work. I want to stay like deep in these like long channels of memory and like warped childhood memories
0: with my modern See, then that's the next thing that freaks me out. Is I'm like, why is the physical reality and making novel things in the physical reality any more relevant than doing novel things and making novel things in your dream state It is where there's not memory?
1: It's it's uh, because like reality is like subjective. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't and everything is kind of a lie, but that doesn't mean it's not reality. Mm-hmm.
2: I was hearing on, on a podcast just recently that the whole world is made of energy vibrating at different frequencies very common concept, but how you tap into the frequency alters your perception of reality greatly. Another, like, I think everyone get behind that, but it's weird when you start comparing like who's in charge of reality. If 10 people are looking at a situation and they think it's horrible, Mm -hmm. then that is that the person who sees it positively, that person would be considered crazy. But they're all just as valid. Like, there's no way to see the universe in an invalid way.
0: Well, and I, I still think there's there's causal effect on how the universe is going to progress forward based on like people's memories and cognition of how it it can't. Like, if if they if those nine people think that one person's crazy, that one person probably ends up being crazy. Because mm-hmm. that's
1: like, that creates a whole different dimension of, of like, yeah. sociology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and if if the universe is using memory to build the future then whatever your memory is and your perception is of those memories, that is literally the thing building the future. So mm. it's, it's like if, mm. if like it's sort of like you need to imagine the future that you want because if you don't imagine the future that you want, then the universe has no way to build it. That makes total sense. Because you're working, you're working only from memory. Like you can project out forward, but like you, you need to, to use your memory and go, okay, like this is the stuff I can work with. And I can use it to make this future, but you can make whatever future you want, but it's down to, to how you want to. It's like, it's just up to you, I guess.
2: It's like your memory is almost the tools in which you build the future. And that's why mm-hmm. I get pissed when people are like manifesting is fake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, if you manifest things, don't just bloom into reality. But if you're not manifesting, there's no way you can take your memory and create mm-hmm. the things in your
0: future. And we always create the future we imagine. Right. Because we don't live in a future we didn't imagine. Because how, how do we get there if we didn't imagine it? It's like you, people built it like people, it, it, even though it's not, you know, let's say in 80s movies, everybody thought we we're going to be flying cars. We're not there because nobody imagined actually building flying cars. We imagined what we're in now. Just uh, like it, it always comes down to reality becomes what we want it to be. It can't be any other way.
2: This is a great segment into like the number one thing I wanted to talk about today. Okay. I think we talked about a little bit at work about how there is the art that you have in your mind and you want to share with other people, but you, I've never been able to make that art reality. Always when I start manifesting the art through a physical means, I realize, okay, well, this isn't going to turn out at all the way I wanted in my head. And oftentimes the thing in my head isn't even capable of being made because it's more of a feeling than it is an actual image Mm -hmm. yeah so you can only ever go off of like you put in one piece and then you reassess your options and you keep going down that train until you get to what is reality so it's interesting that like maybe i imagine okay i'm gonna have like a yellow lamborghini Mm -hmm. and it's like i could get the exact yellow lamborghini i'm imagining but i'll never feel or like The memory won't play out exactly, my future plan will never play out in reality exactly how I envision it.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: But that doesn't mean you don't create the idea and then make it reality. Yeah, you're still still causing it to happen. Right. But there's just a fundamental difference between imagination and what reality feels like. Because even if I imagine the next 10 minutes,
2: Mm -hmm. it's going to be different than how I imagine it. And I'm not imagining anything more than us talking, but I'm like, we're gonna talk about things I can never, pers- like, I could never anticipate.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a very fine line between like the imagination and like the, pr- I guess I'm just gonna say imagination and practical imagination. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like what Greg you were saying with the with the painting or like a drawing, is you're gonna take a couple steps in that direction, then you're gonna be like, oh, I kind of have to go this direction, and then it gets into like a fate versus free will thing where you're like. You maybe went in the general, like you went left, but then you went like northwest to like this latitude just because you were kind of forced that way because that was the path that was there. Right.
0: And I feel like it's because you have to take those paths sometimes because there's not enough memory to build the path you thought you could go on mm. because you're allowed to visualize the future however you want. But let's say, use the flying cars again for an example. We did not have the proper memory to understand how you build a flying car. It just wasn't there. Maybe we'll get there someday, but we're still working on building up those memories to know how to do that. And I feel like it's the same thing with the art where you just don't have the memory yet to understand how to make that thing the way you want it to. So you get forced into other paths where it's like, I have to do this novelty first and then remember how to do that. And then you work, you keep working your way up the scale until you get to the thing that you want to.
2: Bro, that's fucking fascinating. You can you can get to where you want to go eventually, but you can't pick the path. Like, the Mm -hmm. path is a natural flow of novelties. Yeah. But you could eventually... It's just a matter of being on the right S-curve, Like right? Like, flying cars is, like, at some Mm -hmm. point, we'll have a propulsion system strong enough to make that a reality. Mm -hmm. But at this point, we haven't developed that technology, so all we can do is dream about it.
1: Yeah. Now, where does, like, a trailblazer fall in this analogy, though? Because people like, I don't know, like Elon Musk, who Mm -hmm. are making a path for other people... He's not making a path that he can walk on realistically, but he's trailblazing certain space technologies for other people that other people can be able to utilize yeah. fifty years down the road.
0: Well, I mean, I feel like the only way he's able to do it is because he's really good at taking the memories of of like, he can take in more societal memory than most people can, because really mm. his smarts come from the ability. To Dedicate his time wisely and spend time on understanding the questions he wants to answer Mm -hmm. So it's like he builds up that memory and then can do these crazy things and then now that he's done them He's adding that into society's memory So it's like okay now there's a roadmap of how to do this and even though Elon isn't gonna be the personal person to You know figure all these things out He's adding in like net memory to society and saying okay, we can do this stuff and, and anybody else can figure it out now because I did it. And, and that's the whole point is like, I can't do everything, but here it is. We know we can do it. But now that we know we can do it, that means this is your, this is your starting point. Like you have to go forward from here. That's super interesting.
2: Because as a collective, like the water bottle is a good example of we're all a part of a giant unified memory, like series of memories. So he's just really good at adding memories. So mm-hmm. his goals may not be achieved by him, but he's like doing his best shot at
0: getting all of us towards that goal. Mm-hmm. This is heady. Does that answer your question or not so much?
1: No, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. I'm just getting hung up on the word memory a lot because I feel like I think of memory specifically as like, oh, I remember being at my grandparents' house and jumping in the pool yeah. as a kid.
0: Think of memory as the universe remembering. Mm-hmm. Like think and of the, like a societal member. Well, yeah. think of the universe as an organism and everything yeah. that, yeah, everything that happens inside of it is its own little memories. Uh, it's hard. I don't know. Can so I hop in? Yeah, you can hop Even in.
2: language is memory. So like, the,
1: like the reason why everything else is memory is because we can, we like confine it into words. Yeah, I just feel like uh, very broadly, you guys are just getting at the concept of sociology.
0: It is, uh, but I also feel like it's more fundamental than sociology gives it credit for, I guess.
2: I initially didn't accept your use of memory, but then quickly got on board because I was like, what you're saying is way more important than the language you're using to say
1: it. Mm -hmm.
2: Because the water bottle hit for me where I was like, what led up to this being in existence at the price point it is and the like accessibility, like
1: is, all the things that matter, used to be mm-hmm. right. Yeah,
2: because it's not like this doesn't just get made; it doesn't mm-hmm. just happen. It's like mm-hmm. it took millions of years of cells. Do I guess trillions of? Yeah. I don't know how old the Earth is or the billions
1: at billions. A couple thousand, A couple yeah, thousand. thousand, not more A couple than couple thousand
2: not years, more than, years than <laughs> ten for sure. But My point being though is like the the. The transition from bronze to iron, like that whole hundred years, like wars were fought. We went forwards, backwards, all types of shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sociology is probably a good way to, to, you know, there's the societal memory. There's the personal memory. There's mm-hmm. the material memory. Like, because you could take a brand new baby who was raised by no parents and have it barely be functional, only grunts, and it could find a water bottle. And this is still an element of memory. It's like, it's, this is like a strand of DNA in mm-hmm. our personal society. Mm-hmm. that can get mixed with DNA of, like, a rabbit. And this and a rabbit maybe doesn't make something good, but over time, it's like a big old muddled ball of shit that <laughs> turns into a tree, you know? And, like, this isn't the end of the tree. It's just a fucking vein of the tree, a fucking the yeah. tree, dude. And at once, dude. that
1: was stardust. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I just feel like we need to make a word for this, like, it's memory. You okay. Know?
0: Well, that's what Lee Cronin was like, assembly theory. Like he made a whole theory to try to explain this idea of the memory because it's like, okay, well, memory doesn't really make any sense. Let's say you started a graph essentially that starts at one, you know, and then it goes every direction possible. And it, but it just starts assembling things in different ways. And then it, when, when you smash two things together and it's like, oh, that makes something like now that's a little universal memory. And now this, that little thing we just made can go slam into a bunch of other stuff and other parts of this graph. And when it makes stuff that forms another little memory. And it's like, it just keeps getting more and more and more complex, but it, it's, I, I don't understand it enough to explain it. And even after listening to it for a while, I still don't really get it. That's um, just
2: AI though. That's how AI, that's how AI learns. It's like self-learning algorithms yeah. just go like all the possibilities. Yeah. Okay. These two worked. Oh, this one doesn't work. And that's how like, it fucking.
1: Is our universe. Not just AI just moving really slowly. It's probably moving really fucking super fast. Cause if you view yeah, it super fast. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> the time, the time There's doesn't really exist. Um, and we could exist in like, we could literally just be in a computer right now. We're just figuring something out.
0: Yeah. That's the interesting part is like, is the universe, is the, is there a machine? Like, is there just a little black box just pumping out universes to be like, let's see what this one makes and let's see what this one makes. And let's see, like, it's just, is it, is there just a, but it's, it's a turtles all the way down type of situation.
2: I was going to say, this is actually fundamental. The whole like rest of the podcast, not just this podcast, but like the continuation of it is where do we want to live? Because you can always come to the, it's turtles all the way down. It's a cycle. It's mm-hmm. everything is zero and one. It's like, how heady do you want to get per idea?
0: Per, to me, I, I feel like I like thinking about like heady shit, you know, but the whole point is like, well, we're in this reality like now. So it's probably better to focus on doing stuff in this reality than it is to like get lost in the heady shit.
2: And I don't want to operate at, like, a very, like, mid-tier, like, hey, guys, buy crypto. Like, I'll show you the fucking cool NFTs. Like, those Mm -hmm. dudes, I'm like, ooh, you're too close to the practical. Like, your shit's not, you know, Mm -hmm. give me a little more.
1: I feel like as long as we could translate and visualize and translate the realities in which we speak, Mm -hmm. we're, like, in a proper lane.
0: Yeah. That's why I feel like building shit like obelisks and stuff is good. Because I'm yeah. like, all that is, is if nothing else, some amount of novelty. It, it's something. Yeah. It's adding to our memory of how oh, to do yeah. stuff. So that means we're adding something into the, into the greater good.
2: Dude, everyone I told about the obelisk has been like, why? What does it mean? How does it, like, does it do anything? And the answers <laughs> to all of those are, no. no. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Except for my dad's friend. And my dad was like, "Well, oh, look, we built an obelisk. And he went, nice. <laughs> I was like, "Dad, dude's on one. Dude, yeah. Dave Wolfer, it's mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> I hope we can get Dave Wolfer on the podcast. That'd be amazing. That'd be sick. He's smart, dude. my dad dated a girl in high school with no belly button. Shit was just nose, Just smooth. Just a little. Did the doctor
0: like make it that way from birth?
1: Yeah, it was like a medical thing or something. I wish the doctor did that with me. It got rid of my nipples and my belly button.
0: Whoa, whoa, getting rid of your nipples is aggressive.
1: Dude, are you uncircumcised or circumcised? <laughs>
2: One is don't objectify your thoughts. spelled mm. T-O-T-H-O-T. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Yeah, it's not good to objectify thoughts, and it's not good to objectify women. So object- what does objectifying
1: your thoughts mean?
2: It's when you try to, like, capture them in a way you could write it down. You've fucking destroyed the, the use of that thought.
0: Especially if you try to compare it to something. Yeah, which is, like, my whole lifestyle
2: is metaphors.
1: Did you track any of that? No, I tracked it. I just disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah. You should be writing your thoughts down and you should be trying to compare them and link them to other
0: things. It depends what type of thought it is, too. Like, is it a practical thought or is it a completely impractical thought where it's, like, some overarching, like, you know, big picture thing? Is it a feeling or is it a I want to do this
1: thought? What the fuck even is that? I feel like you guys are just talking about, like, emotions at this point.
2: Well, Okay, let's talk, let's talk really fucking fundamentally because maybe it's don't objectify your experience and once it becomes a thought it's like the thought might as well be well planned scheduled and be able to writ- be written down accurately but you applying what i just said to an experience usually takes away from the experience
1: i just feel like you shouldn't invalidate it just because you can't quite write it down or explain it but like you should always be trying to compare your thoughts and write them down and well maybe you don't have to write them down but like if you can explain your thoughts i feel like it makes them that much better what do you mean invalidate them that's uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, what what was the premise we started this off with? Don't oh, yeah. don't objectify your thoughts.
0: No, I was wondering. I was wondering if you were saying that invalidating them would be not writing them down, and no, that would make them invalid. I'm, I'm them. saying
1: just because you can't write them down doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should. You shouldn't invalidate them because you can't write them down. But you should be trying to like understand your thoughts better. And I feel like the more you try to do that, the easier it is to write down
0: what if you understand it and then you start to try to write it down and then now you don't understand
1: it anymore what the fuck is it. that i feel like once you really get All that like what I, I i feel like at a very, very you don't really understand it till you can write it down i don't know i that, that's how you can even idea. take it like try writing down your dream when you wake up i do i think
2: it's an awesome skill to be able to take a thought and translate it into words. And the better you can translate it into words, it means the better you understand the thought and the stronger the connection between this thing in your brain and your ability to push into reality. And I think taking things from a brain and pushing them in reality is like one of the best parts of being a human. But mm-hmm. I think there's this huge river of experience and feeling and even thought with like a, these are my air quotes. Cause they're like, it's not so much words, but it is like an idea that feels real. Like in my dreams, I don't, people don't talk to me. We telepathically communicate. People don't say, their lips don't move in my dreams. And that's what I'm talking about. Like I have thoughts in my brains that are, they don't use words. Like there's a few words attached, Mm -hmm. but those are almost like tricks. And when I start latching onto those words, it fucks the thought and it becomes this like gross, real sentence, like it becomes sentences in my brain, which are not, At all reminiscent of how good life could be if I let them remain in the river.
1: But is this thought, this this thought or idea, is it like an idea or is it like an an emotion?
0: Uh,
2: Well, go ahead. Can
1: we get mad practical with this?
2: Like, can I just give the people an example? Yeah, of course. Um, That's
1: preferred. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) It's easier to tell. It is easier to see this process when you're on drugs than when you're not on drugs. Mm -hmm. So let's just give an example of on drugs. So you're on the beach, you're on drugs, right? Yeah, and. I look at the ocean and I'm overwhelmed with the sense that the ocean's energy is meaningful to me. And I just said that to you in words. Mm. And what actually I was describing was this beautiful experience I had in the moment. And even my own memory of that experience is fucked. Mm. And that's just a memory. But when I take the memory and I make it to words to you, like we're so far from that original experience. We're playing Mm -hmm. banana phone. Right. Yeah.
0: It's almost like if you take your original that original experiential memory as an image, like every time you're every time you're expressing it or doing something or expressing it to other people, it's like editing the photo to like make it more like you know, like understandable. But you can't go backwards. Like you can't edit backwards. Where the fear with objectifying the thought, if it is like a thought you're describing is that you lose connection with that original thing because you're overriding that memory with these new, more practical applications of it. Where it's like you lose the thing that was actually the good part of it. Mm-hmm. In, in it in trade for something that you can understand, but isn't quite as emotional.
2: And the original degradation is fucking. Insane. Like, I don't know how to describe how horrible of a downgrade it is from the first step to the second step. Because right now, we're experiencing what I was describing that, like, that experiential looking at the ocean, feeling that great feeling. We're feeling it right now. In 20 years, we can look back to this exact moment, like, boom, this moment, and be like, fuck, that was like, that was so much. But when I talk about 10 seconds ago, it's now a memory in all of our heads. And now it's words that I'm prompting a memory in your heads. And it's just like the downgrade is so hard to imagine.
0: I, I do get where Mateo's coming from, though, where it's like those experiences are what makes good art. And to not encourage trying to make those things into good art it, it seems detrimental. Like Is that kind of where you're coming from?
1: Uh, yeah, in, in a way, I think there's always a way to translate that without completely objectifying it and losing mm-hmm. its original meaning um it, it, there is a slippery slope of course if you're trying to make it way too practical which is mm-hmm. why abstract art's cool cuz like picasso he was probably he probably had exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. these just weird things that he can't quite describe but he found a way to translate that onto a piece of paper
0: and that is what makes a world class artist really good is you look at their shit and you just go this makes me feel like something i can't describe like, is it is it Van Gogh that's got okay. the bedroom picture? Yep. Like, I look at that bedroom picture, and I'm just like, not only do I feel like I've been here before, like, it also absolutely, like, brings up a pretty deep-rooted childhood feeling mm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I've absolutely never been in a bedroom anything like it, but the way that it's painted and the way that it's composed is like, wow, like, this is really tapping into something.
2: That's what I want us to pursue. Like, I I don't want people to listen to the podcast and just get like, oh, we're just saying words and they're hearing the words and that's the end of the experience. Like, I want people to watch this and be like, holy fuck. My experience is now, I'm encoding a whole brand new complex experience that is based on my memories
1: all at once because they heard it. I lost myself on that one. Well, I feel like what you're saying, though, is like we're trying to describe these lack of a better term, smooth thoughts. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We're trying to describe it to people and we're not, I mean, maybe I guess we're objectifying it in a way, but like we're trying to like translate it to the people.
0: Well, and I would hope that people understand too that we're trying to get them to connect with their own experience. Like most of of what we say, if you are unwilling to apply it to your own experience means nothing. But the point is that if you search for if you search within yourself and the feelings that you've felt about your own experience, then I would hope that there's some parallels that can be drawn. And then it kind of sparks some thoughts, but like, oh, wow, like maybe I, I actually do kind of get this, even though it's not something I've ever thought about before.
1: You got to listen to our words and ask yourself, how does this make you feel? Mm-hmm. Right. In more of a complex way, not just like a good or bad or you guys suck. Ah, you guys could think that if mm-hmm. you want,
0: I guess. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. but I guess that's why the universe, like talking about stuff like the universe has always been so intriguing to me. Cause when I talk about things like that, like it makes me feel like there's something like it, it feels real. Like yeah. I'm like, I like, there's something fundamental that excites me about like those conversations where I'm like, it's because I feel like I'm connecting to something realer than I normally am.
1: And that's why I think your ocean analogy works so well when you're high at the beach looking at the ocean. Because when you're looking at it, what what I feel and what I've talked to you guys a lot about is something becomes so unimaginably large.
2: I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That you can't even really fathom it, but you have this feeling of like kind of infinity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have mm-hmm. that sometimes when I close my eyes to go to bed, the walls get super far apart. And I'm just mm. this tiny fucking ant in like this universally large
2: room. You said that with meditating before. That you were like, I felt like I was on a pillar. Like,
0: yeah, p- yeah. Meditating made me feel when I was sitting, like I can imagine the little spot of dirt I was sitting on, but I could feel almost that spot of dirt like rising up in a pillar and then the other, all the everything else around me like falling away and like kind of just into a black void. But I was like, okay, people, I can hear people walking behind me. But I'm like so far separated from them on this pillar and and like outside of their thing that it doesn't affect at all how I'm really feeling about where I'm sitting. Like I'm like, my spot's fine. Like I'm on this little pillar, very disconnected from all this. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely an expansion of walls. And same thing with the float tank. That was a different type of expansion because I felt like I was in an ocean because I was floating. But that was a major expansion of walls, too, where that was like, yeah, yeah this is just infinite. I
2: think our chemistry is designed to keep our minds and consciousness very practical and focused. And I guess my goal for people would be to expand the walls and be like, mm-hmm. at any point, you can press play and boom, we got you at least a little wider than you were.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a sweet spot for everybody, too. It's different for every person. You got to zoom out or zoom in to your own. I don't know if I would call it liking because I don't know if the best route is always something that is liked at first. Mm. But I don't think from a perspective that we're trying to create as many memories as possible, I think for some people zooming out too far would actually cause them to not create very many useful memories that sort of add to the thing. Uh, And for some people zooming in too much might not create very many useful memories that add to the thing. Like it is sort of a balancing act of like where is your where do you feel like you're making the most personal progress? Pretty much whatever viewpoint you feel you're making the most personal progress in is the one you should probably follow.
2: That makes a lot of sense in reference to what we were talking about earlier about like how zoomed out do we want to get? Maybe for us being really zoomed out, it's okay. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of our lane. I just don't like when I, sometimes I feel like I'm cutting myself short when I'm like, well, the universe always comes back to zero, but is also always one. You know, I'm like, all the interesting things happen between zero and one. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone like, if you bring up a new concept of like, well wouldn't it be cool if and I go well I'm over a long enough timeline it will become
0: universally one thing it's like well thank great thanks dude mm-hmm. so but it only that. becomes universally one thing if you keep attempting to make it that right like you true. have to add more novelty in and your more zoomed in sense to ever make it become that thing
2: yeah I just don't want to be the dude who's looking at the end and being like we're gonna end up there and everyone's like Congrats. We all know mm-hmm. that. Like we need to be like doing stuff right in front of us. Well, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. We, well, and it's all right. Cause I think it's always cool when you end up there and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're back to square one. And that's yeah. really cool. And that's kind of like the little ribbon on the boat, the little ribbon on the present and the little, little cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. we, you got to enjoy the fucking ice cream too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I think that
0: can be applied and makes sense to people just by the child analogy of like rebirth. And when we think about it on a universe scale, it sounds really scary. We're like, well, we made so much progress. Like, what do you mean it's going to reset? But then when you think about being a kid, it's like, well, that would kind of ripped. Like, the reset's yeah, pretty cool. sick. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't really matter that we're going to lose all the progress because the beginning part is like kind of the f- most fun part.
2: I see 90-year-olds thinking the same thing where they're mm-hmm. like, if I came back as a kid tomorrow, I would be stoked. Kill yeah. me today. Yeah. And then yeah. I also in video <laughs> games, it's the same thing. You get all the way to the end and you're like why well, don't know, I replay the same game but I make it even harder like I mm-hmm. won't use any like long range weapons it's mm-hmm. like that might be way more fun than the last version you just watched yes.